When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another exciting episode of... Oh! The only news source that provides anything and everything anime and manga related. And we don't bore you. We get into it. Let's do it. No matter how you get it Okay, people, welcome back to another episode of Forever News. As always, people watching right now, about 65% of y'all watching don't even realize that maybe y'all not subscribed, y'all haven't hit the bell. If so, please do that because it definitely helps out the show, helps us to grow, thrive, and continue onward. And yeah, the, the support of you means the world to me, so I'd appreciate it if you do those two things. A little like and a comment as well goes a long way. I'm just saying, without further ado, people, I'm ready to talk some news. I'm ready to get into it. Let Let's do it. Let's get to the shits. And first on the docket, it's something pretty freaking huge. I know One Piece fans in the United States right now are probably going to be mixed between not really particularly caring because a lot of people have moved on from this era, but also at the same time rejoicing because something huge is happening where Toonami is once again giving it a try and bringing One Piece back. In case you don't know, Toonami and One Piece has had a very interesting history. They brought the series back in the day onto the platform. It didn't do so well. Kind of, I think, Toonami, you know, went off air for a few years and whatnot. Then, Toonami returned. They brought One Piece back on air. They started, like, at the Davy back fights, which was really random, but at the same time, it had a purpose because it was, like, flashbacks to each character and stuff like that. It didn't do so well. They took it off air, and now, once again, according to Jason DeMarco and a lot of sources, uh, Toonami is bringing back One Piece, Jason DeMarco, which I thought he was leaving Toonami. I guess he's like leaving everything else from Adult Swim minus Toonami because it seems he's still in the ballgame with it. He said, hashtag Toonami fans, very happy to say we are bringing Sexy back starting this Saturday. And he posted an image of Toonami's lineup. It says lineup date 122. So, okay, so it already actually returned. It started at 12 a.m. Blade Runner Black Lotus, 12.30 a.m. Assassination classroom 1 a.m made in abyss and then an hour back to back 1 30 a.m one piece 2 a.m one piece and then 2 30 a.m and 3 a.m naruto shippuden and then 3 30 capping it off with cowboy bebop that is so dope they really need to bring back bleach on there to really have that big three effect but bringing one piece is huge and they also said we are starting at episodes 517 and 518 i don't want to hear your opinion on that hopefully third time is the charm which if I'm not mistaken I remember very vividly that that is the beginning of the time skip that is where 
they start off the time skip for One Piece, which is honestly not a bad way to start. Like, okay, you know, the big journey and whatnot. People that are going to watch it are going to watch it. And um, you could definitely see as we've been following up and reporting in on what's been going on with Toonami and the changes and Adult Swim's decline and all that jazz that Toonami is fighting. And they know that One Piece fans, one thing about us, we're very loyal. We will come through even if we're not really watching cable. We'll be like, yo, Ma, you, you, you got cable still, right? Yo, can you just at 12 o'clock put on this One Piece? I'm going to come through. Maybe we can spend a little time. And they will do that just to support that One Piece. So, honestly, awesome move. It's also dope in a lot of ways because One Piece and the merchandise department, usually, in particular, like going to the mall and stuff like that, every time it gets taken off the air, and I've seen proof that, like, while it's on air, I could go and find One Piece shirts at Hot Topic. I could go and find One Piece merch here and there. Since it's been off air, I'll still find One Piece merch from time to time, but it becomes a little bit more scarce because now that audience that still, you know, gravitates towards cable, which is obviously shrinking, but it's still nevertheless there, they won't go to the malls and, and look for stuff if it's not on TV, obviously, if they're not finding it, whatnot. So them putting it back is going to be a big deal. I'm excited to see how much impact will, over the year it's going to have of One Piece merch and all that jazz, and just in general to see what it does, because I ain't gonna lie, lineup is starting to look very classic, yo. You got One Piece, Naruto, Bebop, and then a little bit of Mew stuff with Assassination Classroom, Made in Abyss, Blade Runner. It's looking like a pretty decent lineup, and just in general, the return for the legendary One Piece piece and alongside Naruto Shippuden. I'm digging it. I ain't gonna lie. And starting with the time skip, that's a really awesome way to start things off. Shoutouts to Jason DeMarco once again trying to make major moves over there at Toonami. Whenever I report on and give my opinions on Toonami, it's never with any malice. I want to be clear on that because I really, you know, I'm, I'm a Toonami guy at heart, dog. I grew up on Toonami. Dragon Ball Z back in the days. All of that good stuff. You know, bo 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 and shit. So it's never from a bad place. It's just genuinely speaking of where we're at in today's climate with streaming becoming just the norm and cable tv shrinking day by day but ultimately yeah one piece on there i'm gonna support it i don't got cable but i know a few people that still do so i'm gonna hit them lay yo put that one piece on on, on that tsunami block okay just just do me the solid do the one piece fandom the solid just in general one piece back on the block let's freaking go moving forward we got a couple of pieces of boruto news for starters we got something in case you're not caught up on the manga i'm gonna get brief into it because we just recently had a very explosive chapter 66 don't worry not gonna say the big spoilers and whatnot but chapter 66 of the boruto manga was explosive and we got a little bit of a teaser preview for the upcoming next chapter that i'm gonna read right here so yeah if you're not caught up on the boruto manga or you don't want to know maybe this isn't the best segment for you but i did want to share it with the people that yeah, might want to know because it said at the end, the final page side text for the chapter 67 preview, they're brothers who swore an oath to one another after being at the mercy of their own destinies, toyed by their own fates. What path did they finally end up taking? And I'll be honest with you, reading that and understanding where we're at with things right now, again, Boruto, I've said it numerous times, I'll say it once more, it was initially set up to be a almost reboot in a sense a, a remaking a reimagining of naruto somewhere along the way it turned into oh it's a sequel spinoff about his kids and it wasn't the initial idea of like just remaking naruto from the beginning as kind of like you know a fun little side manga whatnot it turned into what it ultimately became and where the story is at right now it's a little bit different every
everything isn't exactly beat by beat but ultimately it's very much so reminiscing we're pretty much almost at like the end of part one of naruto so when we read that line that says what path did they finally end up taking it's making me think that that foreshadowed time skip where we had like boruto older kawaki older battling it out with a destroyed konoha behind them we might be heading into that adult or older time period right now like that's probably what they're referring to with that what paths did they take because we're at a point where people are going to walk different paths people are going to feel a certain way a lot of destruction has happened with a lot of characters in boruto and just in general is about to be a very interesting time of transition and we might be going through a major overhaul of the boruto series because yeah it's hasn't been the greatest in terms of sales wise like boruto is at a decline at this particular point and i wouldn't be surprised if they're trying to lead towards at the very least for the manga's sake okay we've done all we can do with this time period let's get to the time skip it was already announced over a year ago at this point that they were headed towards there they might be like okay it's about time and whatever's going to happen is going to happen because i also recently had a very big issue with boruto fans that were very very upset and sending vitriol my way simply for saying hey guys how would you feel if boruto after the time skip basically focused in and made the main characters naruto and kawaki because you know business wise boruto hasn't been the most successful or fruitful you know financially in terms of for the entirety of manga sales and all that jazz i thought to myself well they might want to just, you know, rebrand altogether. Instead of it being Boruto Naruto Next Generation Z, they might say, you know what? It's just Naruto Next Generations or it's just Naruto the Future Resurrection. Whatever it may be, ultimately, they might decide to go a different route. And it might be, you know, kaputs, so to speak, for the Boruto story because ultimately it turned into like it started off with Naruto being very involved and he still came in time to time. But we focused in on Boruto. They might decide to rebrand altogether. And boy, were Boruto fans very upset with me uh, for simply asking the question. And I get it. Maybe some people felt like, oh, it's Boruto. Why would they re money rebranding with main characters, regardless of how you feel about the story or whatnot, money, financial success, business. That is the most important thing above all else. And that's why I asked the question. But yeah, um, it looks like their destinies and their fates await. And I'm very, very excited for the Boruto manga. It looks like we're starting 2022 off in free flames. And I'm very, very looking forward to the next one with 67. But also, we got a little bit more Boruto news because something very, very hilarious. One of the people, one of the staff on the Boruto anime, I believe he's a producer, director, forgive me. I know he's like some sort of animator for the actual Boruto anime. And uh, yeah, he was getting compliments, and it was a very funny exchange of teaching Japanese native speakers what the meaning of GOAT is. Because he had posted, the next episode of Boruto 233 will begin the great battle of Kirigakure. Will Boruto and his friends be able to survive on their own in their first battlefield? Don't miss it. Which, which by the way, the cover of that V-Jump magazine with Boruto and Kawaki, reminiscent of the Naruto and Sasuke stare down. Classic. But uh, somebody... Seemingly a Westerner had replied, Arigato zaimashita, Honda Sensei. Thanks for the hard work. You're the goat. And Honda replied, Since I am not good at English, I thought I was going to be burned to death as a sacrificial goat. But now I know that goat has a good meaning. Thank you. <laughs> and I'm not gonna lie, I got a massive kick out of that. Honda Sensei, one of the people that works for the World So Anime, um, learning the meaning of goats, greatest of all time. I ain't gonna lie, that was just that was freaking incredible to read, and I, I was happy I was able to experience such a moment. But yeah, um, I guess Honda Sensei. Um, understands what it means to be a goat. Yeah, people, that's all the Boruto news we had. Again, a preview for chapter 67 and one of the staff members for the Boruto anime understanding what it means to be 
a goat. Okay, next up, Jujutsu Kaisen fans. Very interesting stuff. I hope that they do this over here because apparently the Jujutsu Kaisen anime film, they're doing 4D over there. It says here, Jujutsu Kaisen Zero anime film gets 4D Dolby Cinema screenings starting on February 5th. This year's 8th issue of Shueisha's Weekly Shonen Jump magazine revealed on Monday that the Geki Joban Jujutsu Kaisen Zero anime film will get 4D and Dolby Cinema screenings in Japan starting on February 5th. The film opened up in Japan December 24th and has sold 8,576,429,150 yen, which is about 74.9, pretty much $75 million in its first 24 days, so not even a month yet, and $75 million. The film is the 64th highest earning film in Japanese box office history as of last Monday, and the film is still outpacing last year's highest earning film, Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.0 Thrice Upon a Time, which sold 4,513,374 tickets for about six billion eight hundred ninety-eight million six hundred thirteen two hundred yen, which is about $60 million in its first 28 days. The final Evangelion film eventually ended its Japanese box office run with a final total of about $88 million, which... Uh, I have no doubt in my mind Jujutsu Kaisen is going to surpass that. Again, I'm, I'm interested to see when it's all said and done what the worldwide numbers look like. Like, you know, four months from now when it airs over here in the West, which I'm hearing conflicting reports. I'm hearing February, and then I'm also hearing now that it was confirmed somewhere that we're getting it March. So once I get a concrete thing like Funimation announces, hey, this is the dates and you can order your tickets, I will. you guys will be the first to know. Trust me, I will let you guys know immediately that very next episode so you could get your tickets bought and all that jazz because... We're going to have a great time with this. But, yeah, it seems as though they're doing 4D over there. Whatever it is, I hope they give us the best experience over here in the West for this because I'm very, very much so anticipating this film. Like I said, I've had it in my, you know, like people have sent it to me in my emails and stuff. And I've been like, no, I'm going to I'm going to restrain myself and wait for the ultimate experience because this is Jujutsu Kaisen. I very much so put Gege Akutami in this series on a high pedestal. Yeah, but dope stuff that they're doing a 4D screening over there. Hopefully they do something like that over here. Next up, in case you missed the latest episode of Forever News before this one, where I was talking about the anime awards and I was like, yo, there's a series ranking of kings. Yeah, I'm pretty much a massive fan of it. And eventually I'm going to have a video. So uh, I saw a little bit of news about it and I was like, well, I'm really loving it. I'm imagining there, there might be some ranking of king fans. Drop a like right now if, if you're a ranking of king fan or you just enjoy it or something like that. Just saying. But uh, yeah, so I wanted to cover this, that this is really freaking awesome news. It says, Osama ranking, aka ranking of kings anime adaptation will cover the complete first story part first 12 volumes and a total of 23 episodes so season one is going to be 23 episodes unless there's going to be a 24th episode that uh, dives into the second half of the story but yeah uh, first 12 volumes which i don't know how i feel about that like i'm not sure the structure of the manga if it's like you know 12 short volumes maybe like each chapter is like 10 or 15 pages but 12 volumes in 23 episodes sounds ridiculously rushed now with that being said i don't feel that it's rushed at all in the anime like i'm really really loving this anime so much more than i ever thought i would have but yeah that that's going to be interesting to note i guess maybe if i ever do go back with the manga or if you're a manga reader right now of ranking of kings let me know are they rushing through things is this too much to do 12 volumes and 23 episodes how is that going to work and uh, just in general very interesting story and i ain't gonna lie ranking of kings studio wit i will have a video at some given point Hopefully in the near future, um, letting you guys know that it's it's the truth, fam. It, it, it deserves the praise. But yeah, people, Ranking of Kings, first story part, first 12 volumes to be adapted in uh, a total of 23 episodes. Interesting stuff this season. 
my god man i'm just enjoying it so much it's so freaking good boji okay let me stop fanboying save it for another time next up we got the weekly shonen magazine author comments courtesy of these people listed right here jose underscore k as well as wss talk back Shoutouts to them, and of course, uh, Weekly Shonen Magazine unofficial uh, Twitter as well. Shoutouts to all of them. For starters, we got Atsushi Okubo, creator of Fire Force. During the New Year's holiday, I ate, slept, and did absolutely nothing more than usual. I stood in bed because I was sick as a dog on New Year's Eve. Hey, okay. <laughs> uh, then we got Negi Haruba, author of Sentai Daishikaku, aka Ranger Reject. All of my socks are the same, so it's easy to match them with whatever outfit I'm changing into. Okay, that's like the most boringest comment you could ever say. I'm not even gonna lie. Like, what? Okay, you got a whole bunch of white socks. Woohoo, Basil. Who cares? Like, I'm sorry, Negi Haruba. I'm not trying to be harsh on you, but that was that was boring. Uh, George Morikawa, Hajime no Ippo. I put the overcapacity stuff into stock without thinking about it. I wonder if he's referring to like the manga, maybe overcapacity of like. Yeah, I'm confused on that one. Next up, we got Ken Wakui, author of Tokyo Revengers. For the first time in five years, I took the New Year's holiday to rest. Getting too much rest is bad news, though. I ain't gonna lie. Again, I had no choice but to rest. I had a massive migraine. My body was killing me. I had cold chills. It was bad. I was sick as sicker than sick. So yeah, sometimes a lot of rest is a great thing. Uh, then we got Hiro Mashimo, author of Eden Zero, Fairy Tale, Fairy Tale 100 Years Quest, Raid Master, y'all know the vibes. Uh, he said, during New Year's, I kept working on the game I'm creating as a hobby. Before I realized it, the holiday was done and the time to work had come. Yo, Hiro Mashimo and me, we share a lot of similar traits when it comes to just how obsessed we are with our work. Like that is what i do like i'm working on this video right now and then i'll be like to myself yeah i'm gonna go and i'm gonna watch some anime and relax and chill after this and then next thing you know i'm editing a podcast episode i'm doing thumbnails i'm working on my book i'm mute oh, workaholics baby workaholics and lastly for the weekly shonen magazine author comments we got nakaba suzuki author of four nights of the apocalypse and seven deadly sins this reply is a little bit late but okubo i don't have a cell phone what's 3g really dog like what? <laughs> so maybe Okubo in that comment, I remember it was like a week or two ago when he was referring to Nakaba Suzuki's cell phone and shit. Maybe Okubo was poking fun at Nakaba Suzuki. Maybe he has an old cell phone and he's just really unfamiliar with what the hell that even means. Like, that is funny. I love to see interaction. See? That is something that would spice up these weekly Shonen Magazine or weekly Shonen Jump. All of them in general. Having the authors interact with one another. Like, imagine a whole entire comment thing where I would cover every author if they were all talking to each other. Like, hey, this is Oda's message to Tabata about Black Clover or vice versa. That would be so entertaining. I'm not going to lie. But shout outs to all of these authors. Again, talking more about New Year's. They're probably still in the spirit. Uh, yeah, Nakaba Suzuki. Yeah, 5G's here now. You know, that 3G. How much longer are you going to last with it? <laughs> okay, people. Next up, a couple of big pieces of news for the Tokyo Revengers manga. For starters, all volumes of Tokyo Revengers by Ken Wakui are being reprinted again, which means hella more sales are incoming. That means that the stores was like, yo, y'all got any more of that? You know what I'm saying? All these people keep telling us we, we want these volumes and we don't got any more. Y'all got any more of that? You know what I'm saying? That. That good stuff, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, Tokyo Revengers volumes continuing on to bring it in. And while we're talking about Tokyo Revengers success, the other piece of news, Tokyo Revengers by Ken Wakui has 50 million copies in circulation, including digital for volumes 1 through 25. 50 freaking million. I ain't gonna lie, that's crazy. It's about to surpass, if I'm not mistaken here shortly, My Hero Academia, which My Hero had, what, like a three-year head start and is in a bigger publishing company, Kodansha, Shueisha, aka, you know, the 
publishing company for Weekly Shonen Jump. That is massive. I ain't gonna lie. That is absolutely massive. And I ain't gonna lie. I've been lately seeing more and more slander towards Tokyo Revengers. Shout out to all my people that recognize the absolute greatness of Tokyo Revengers. Dog, I hate it when I be seeing that shit. I be like, what? What have you been watching, lad? You're all right. You fucking always need a little bit of medicine or something. Like, what are you doing, dog? Like, there's Tokyo Revengers slander every day. And I'll just be there like, disgusting slime, swine. Y'all don't understand, though. Y'all yeah, don't get it. So, shout-outs to Ken Wakui. Shout-outs to 50 million Tokyo Avengers. We about to pass My Hero Academia. This is bananas. And last story of the episode, my peoples. My Hero Academia will be on break next week in Weekly Shonen Jump issue number 9. And the series, of course, will resume in issue number 10 as scheduled, which at this point... Very, very awesome, and, and shout-outs to Shonen Jump. They didn't announce it, per se, but it's very clear that there are regular breaks for all of these authors now. I think that this is something that they came to terms with. Yo, unless we want to kill these men, unless we don't care about them, and we're going to look really bad, we should give them, because this has been a couple years now that every few chapters, each manga gets a little bit of a break. Now, of course, it's my hero's turn. Probably the following week will be Black Clover taking a break, etc., etc., but that's really dope that he's getting a break, and I ain't going to lie probably after that break because we just had the chapter so that means next week no manga uh probably following that we'll begin the final arc the final you know the finale or whatnot based on the latest chapter chapter 341 if i'm not mistaken like yeah big big stuff so horikoshi rest up because this last stretch of my hero academia chapters i'd imagine considering we're headed towards the climax the finale it's gonna be big it's gonna be impactful and i'm looking forward to it so yeah get that break in let's do it i'm fine i got plenty of other manga that's one of the best things about reading a bunch of manga and reading a bunch of different series it's like okay my hero's on break i still got black clover i still got jujutsu kaisen i still got one piece i still got you know what i'm saying sakamoto days i still got marshall i still got kaiju number eight when job i got a ton a ton of manga to enjoy in the meantime and let's not even talk about the anime and all the other really dope stuff that i'm into and first order of business i wanted to talk about invincible season two an update from one of the voice actors of the main character of the series at that uh yeah he recently a few weeks ago had spoke out regarding what's going on with invincible season two and unfortunately it kind of makes me wonder when are we going to get this next season considering to my understanding when it comes to the animation process basically with american made animation we pretty much record the lines of dialogue send them to wherever they're going to be created whether it be overseas and whatnot and then they animate to kind of match the mouth flap so voice acting is probably early on in the whole scenario of you know creating animation so with this uh, announcement i guess you could say it kind of makes me wonder well what's going on with the production schedule when are we going to be seeing those next couple seasons of invincible Let's read, though, what was said. The Walking Dead Stephen Young shares promising update on Invincible Season 2. Stephen Young has given an update on the second season of Invincible, promising it will be bonkers and possibly better than the first. The Walking Dead star reteams with creator Robert Kirkman and voices the lead role of Mark Grayson slash Invincible in the acclaimed superhero animation, which made its debut early last year and was quickly renewed for two more seasons. In a new interview with Collider, Young confirmed that while they quote-unquote haven't started working on season two they will be beginning at some 
point soon. I've talked to Robert Kirkman here and there, he explained. He's super excited about it. He thinks season two is going to be even better than season one, which I have no doubt about. If you go to the source material, Invincible is an incredible comic, and just thinking about how much story has been told from that run, it's going to be bonkers. I'm really excited about it. Ewan went on to admit that, quote-unquote, he did not expect this level of response in regards to the first season, suggesting there was a strong appetite for adult animation. But Neverworld only been saying that since like 2010. I've been telling people like, yo, dog, a lot of people would love some adult animation, you know what I'm saying? Aside from, you know, Family Guy and South Park type of stuff, you know, like action animation, you know, it doesn't always have to come from Japan and be anime. I'm just saying like, yeah, Invincible is finally coming in and quenching that thirst that a lot of people have for that style. People really enjoyed the show, he continued. That's not to say I thought the show wouldn't be enjoyed. I just didn't know how many people were coming to it like that. To me, I think it speaks to America's appetite now for adult animation, which is really cool. I grew up on it. I think all of us, our generation and below, grew up on it. Largely, our programming was dictated by the generations before us that didn't necessarily love animation that way. We're in a weird, cool time where I'm seeing so many kids watch anime and so many people watch adult animation. People are learning about Don Hertzfield. It's thriving. I think we're probably Probably on the precipice right before things really pop off. I think we're going to get some hopefully Hao Miyazaki levels of animation. We do with Pixar, but I just mean coming from different places. It's a new world. It's certainly all brand new. And I ain't going to lie. I love to hear it, man. I've been saying for a long time, dog, like what's going on? Like we haven't had amazing storytelling, action driven cartoons. Like, I don't know. For me, it was always since like the DCAU back in the days where you had Batman, the animated series, Superman, the animated series, Batman Beyond, Stat shock all of that stuff was so rich with content of storytelling and whatnot and we've had like direct to video stuff and whatnot but there wasn't really that many shows i mean i know some people will point out shows that i personally never really got into like i've heard that there's some deeper themes to adventure time and things like that but for the most part getting those big action shows especially at the level of intensity and insaneness that invincible delivered american animation has been lacking in that aspect and that's why i'm a massive fan of invincible the awesome storytelling the awesome action no holds bars just everything about invincible is so amazing to me so yeah it seems as though invincible season two it's not quite started just yet maybe hopefully within the next couple months they'll be going to you know record their dialogue send that thing over to wherever it's going to get animated and then boom hopefully by year's end we'll have season two at the very least and maybe even the the beginnings of season three or at the very least it'll be worked on because i am so ecstatic for Invincible. I ain't gonna lie. I, I really love that show a lot. But yeah, people, just an update on Invincible Season 2 from the lead voice actor that plays Invincible himself, aka Steven Young. Okay, people, next up, two pieces of news for Blue Lock fans. In case you ain't heard about Blue Lock, it's a manga that is exploding over there in Japan. I want to say it's soccer, if I'm not mistaken, aka uh, also known around the world as Futuru. Uh, You know, football is just like the American term for a rugby. But either way, that series right now now, for starters, let's talk about the manga announcement because according to this, it says Blue Lock by Kaneshiro Muneyuki Nomura Yusuke has six million copies in circulation for volumes 1 through 17. And that's an amazing feat already in and of itself because it's a Kodansha title. It's a sports series. Sports series are now starting to make waves. But, you know, 15 years ago, sports series weren't really the thing. You'd have one once in a blue moon. Like, there's always, you know, the slam dunk that is just the legend itself. But in between, you get a whole bunch of duds. But, yeah, this one, Blue Lock, is gearing up to be something big. And also in Blue Lock news, Blue Lock got an anime teaser trailer. Uh, the anime is scheduled for 2022. And just looking at the trailer, I'm going to lie, some of the visuals 
visuals of I want to say that's the main character. It starts off with him like looking down at a city and crying, and it looks like he's joining some sort of club called like Blue Lock or something. And it looks very interesting because he has like these lines coming from his eyes as he's running, and I'm not sure if that's like a superpower per se. Again, I'm unfamiliar with Blue Lock, forgive me, but it reminds me, I ain't gonna lie, a lot of Kuriko whenever they would go into the zones and they would have like the little lines, the lights, like one would be red for you know one person one would be yellow and stuff like that that's kind of what that reminds me of and i hope it's something similar because i loved the whole concept of taking like quirks essentially like a my hero academia type of thing giving quirks to a sports series i i find that fascinating i love fantastical storytelling mixing in and blending in with stuff like sports that's that's freaking awesome so yeah i'm not familiar with blue lock like that but this looks dope the trailer looks good the animation and art looks fire especially the art my god like some of these scenes of when dude is crying is just very freaking detailed and yeah blue lock new tv teaser for the anime and six million copies sold and it just it looks quite mighty nice, so I ain't gonna lie. I'm definitely gonna be watching this one. I missed out on a lot of sports series throughout the years, but this looks like one I might give it a try. And if I like it, I'll keep going with it. Yeah, blue lock. Okay, people, next story. We got some updates on the upcoming episodes for the Boruto anime, in particular some provisional titles. We'll probably get the synopsis for these episodes within the next few days, I'd imagine. But yeah, where we're at with the Boruto anime right now, in fact, last night, I wanna say before I went to bed, I was watching Catching Back Up because I'm like, maybe four or five episodes behind on the Boruto anime, but I was catching back up, and yeah, it's a little hit or miss, obviously, when we get into certain types of scenarios, but I'm just enjoying as a massive fan, and I feel like sometimes it's almost a bad thing, you can't say this in the Boruto fandom, but as a massive fan of Kawaki, I've been loving these Kawaki-centric episodes and this Kawaki-centric arc, um, so I'm hoping we go more into delving into his character development, but according to this, it says here, courtesy of Organic Dinosaur over on Twitter, shoutouts to them, uh, provisional titles for Boruto anime episodes airing in February from the TV Guide schedules. For starters, we got episode 235, and that's for February 6th, Infiltrate Doto Island. So again, I'm wondering, are these going to be episodes just in general of like Kawaki going on different missions with people? Like, I'd kind of be cool with that. I really, really hope, in case you missed my reaction video or just my video in general talking about the latest opening of Boruto, I would be fine with as simplistic as it may sound, but a rescue Himawati arc like why can't we just get like even if it's just 12 episodes 13 episodes of a run in this anime only stuff that they're doing uh kawaki and boruto have to team up and throw in sarada mitsuki please do give them more development as well uh to go rescue himawadi somehow some way i said it before i'll say it again i think i said like oh have it that boruto took himawadi somewhere he wasn't supposed to and to not get in trouble he just says yo guys let's go and we'll find her ourselves something along the lines of that that would be dope or of course the classic hey uh himawadi was kidnapped and they told the kids to stay put, but Boruto decided to go anyway. And again, it would just give more development even further to Boruto and Kawaki's relationship as brothers. So again, infiltrate Dodo Island. I wonder what is that going to be about. Then episode 236, Escape, on February 13th. Hearing that episode title makes me think what Kawaki would have been like if he was involved in the jail arc that Boruto and Mitsuki, remember when they went to jail for a little bit of false imprisonment and whatnot? Kawaki would just be a nut in there, like fighting with everybody, okay? Kawaki are gonna take no shit so that kind of gives me a little bit of a chuckle to think like imagine they go back to hozuki castle oh my god then we got episode 237 a mobile fortress and that's february 20th and then lastly episode 238 the ship of the bloodthirsty killer february 
27th. That one kind of sounds interesting. Maybe they're going to go uh, have a romp with somebody from the Blood Mist Village. I don't know. But yeah, so so far, those episode titles, they tell me that definitely, which is to be expected, that we're going to continue on in anime-only related content. Again, it's to be expected. I wasn't expecting us going any other direction as of right now because we're still, even though the manga is right now so freaking good with Chapter 66 right now, it is so good. You should read the Boruto manga. Um, The anime, we're still too close. And until the Boruto manga either goes into a time skip or gives us enough chapters again we're probably going to be in anime only stuff for a while which i don't know i feel so much better and maybe it's because i've been with the boruto anime for a long time now so i'm kind of used to it but i don't necessarily despise or dislike when it goes into anime only episodes like i did two to three years ago when it was just an endless void of like anime only episodes and there were a lot of misses and whatnot like i don't necessarily feel that way like i'm kind of just having a good time laughing and joking seeing like kawaki as he's teaming up with chocho and shikadai and stuff like that like i'm just kind of having fun with them so i'm just taking them for what they are that you know they're Fun little episodes giving a little bit of development for each of the side characters and, of course, Kawaki in general. So that's what I'm expecting with these episodes as well. And, yeah, that's for the month of February. Seems as though we're potentially, again, going to be all straight up with anime-only episodes, which... I expected it. Okay, next up, small update, but I'm very, very hyped for this one as well. For To Your Eternity, uh, it says here, just To Your Eternity Season 2 teaser visual. Broadcasting is scheduled to begin this fall. And it's just a picture of the main character right here, Fushi. And I ain't gonna lie, it's not anything that's gonna be like, oh, I know exactly what is about to go down with this or whatever, but it just looks dope. And I'm excited for it, man. To Your Eternity was one of the best anime of 2021 for me. The animation, the storytelling, it made me cry shout outs to all the awesome characters that were in and a part of that season and just so far this anime in general like my dude gugu gugu for life though that's my guy uh and of course fushi and uh the old lady and just in general man like Oh, what a ride. I can't believe we're actually getting a season two and fairly quickly as well. So hopefully they keep up um, with some of that crazy animation that it had, which it did kind of in certain parts. I remember there were certain episodes of Two Year Eternity that I was like, whoa, they put a lot of budget in some of those other episodes and they're real big talent in those other episodes because some of the episodes would be a little bit like, mm, but either way, Two Year Eternity is just really, really good. And uh, yeah, that's the teaser visual for season two. Next up, fans of Jujutsu Kaisen. I'm sure a lot of you can relate when I say, oh my God, I really really want season two i can't freaking wait mappa studios is gonna give us some really really high quality stuff and the source material is really freaking good well we got a small update on jujutsu kaisen season two courtesy of the president of mbs it says here mbs president comments on possible season two for jujutsu kaisen anime the president of mbs television channel yoichi mushiaki commented on a possible second season for the jujutsu kaisen anime during an online press conference held on Wednesday. In the press conference, Mushiaki stated, at this time, I'd like you all to wait for us to state a concrete plan. However, I think we can provide a development that will meet expectations. The Jujutsu Kaisen TV anime premiered in October 2020 and it had 24 episodes, which makes me wonder, unless they're keeping it on the wraps, which they very well could be, is Jujutsu Kaisen Season 2 not in production yet? I mean, I know, for crying out loud, they just gave a, a film and it's still technically airing in theaters and whatnot, so they probably want to try their best to not go too much because we know Studio Mappa, they grab every freaking title 
under the damn sun and they have their animators going nuts trying to figure this shit out so completely understandable there but yeah the way he's talking is as if they don't even have it all established of how they're gonna move with season two which makes me think that there could be somewhat of a wait for Jujutsu Kaisen season two if they're not fully invested in already creating it like or in production and stuff like that it could be a while it could be and I don't want to say a while because if they do some crazy shit like oh four years later oh my god but if we just got the Jujutsu Kaisen film it came out December 24th in 2021 for in Japan at the very least we probably shouldn't expect I'm guessing I'm assuming Jujutsu Kaisen season two to start until April of 2023 the earliest that's my guess and maybe it could be a little bit earlier than that but I'd say around anywhere from winter to spring of 2023 is where we're going to probably get Jujutsu Kaisen season two because they just did the movie it takes a while to do anime and they got a hundred other titles that they're trying to do and I'm sure they want to make blow up or whatnot but yeah Jujutsu Kaisen I'm guessing next year especially Chainsaw Man gotta drop at some given point in the year I'm sure they don't want to have Jujutsu Kaisen season two competing with Chainsaw Man because it's only gonna hurt the both of them because they're both amazing like don't get me wrong hardcore is like me I'm gonna support the living crap out of both of them at the same time but they probably want to let Chainsaw Man have it you know do its thing and then okay boom we once Chainsaw Man is over we jump straight into the next thing Jujutsu Kaisen season two but yeah figure I'd provide you guys with a little bit of an update a little bit of insight on what's going on seems as though right now they're in the planning stages unless he's just being vague because you know like to keep things on the wraps uh for Jujutsu Kaisen season two and just quickly while we're on the topic of Jujutsu Kaisen I figured I'd share this that Jujutsu Kaisen by Gege Akutami is on the cover of the upcoming Anon issue 2284 and it's a picture of Yuta and Ghetto and it's you know to promote I guess the film that is in theaters right now and it looks pretty dope honestly I love seeing these anime and manga lately on the cover of magazines and stuff like that we need to do more of that that's a great way to promo whatever they got going okay people next up we got a big update for Parasite fans in case you ain't hear about Parasite it is legendary the anime is damn near perfect it was done by Madhouse Studios aka the studio that came before Studio Mappa kind of took most of its employees and made Studio Mappa, Madhouse, amazing studio, and Parasite the Maxim was legendary. Uh, but according to this, it says here, Parasite by Hitoshi Iwaki will get a new full-color hardcover print release in English by Kodansha, nine volumes in total starting October 2022. I ain't gonna lie, that's probably a must-buy. I want to say I got maybe five or six volumes of Parasite, and they were like all shrink-wrapped, which means that they knew like shit gets a little graphic but yeah that is something i ain't gonna lie any parasite fan probably would want that a hardcover full colored print i ain't gonna lie i got the anime i got some volumes of the manga i probably will dip into this too because parasite is legendary amazing story man i i can't stress enough how much i love parasite and how great of honestly it's one of the best or better at the very least anime of the last decade like 2014 i think it dropped if i'm not mistaken was it 2014 it might have been later than that i'm not sure but either way whatever Every year that shit came out, I'll never forget, like, it took my undivided attention. It was just that damn good, that damn incredible, and it was based off an older story. And y'all know a lot of times the older stories that were great were really great. But yeah, people, Parasite the Maxim getting a new full-colored hardcover print release in English. I'm here for it. Okay, people, and last story of the episode. According to this, it says here, Editor revealed in a talk show four days ago that Wano arc will be the most amazing arc ever since Marine Ford arc. And it's just a visual of them talking in front of like a massively beautiful, if I'm not mistaken, that was what? Fishman Island era art uh, of One Piece and back of them. But... 
Yeah, they've been saying that a lot, but I have noticed, I'm not gonna lie, and there's been a little bit of drama in the One Piece community lately of like people going back and forth. I think people are for the most part ready for Wano to wrap up. I don't think anybody wants it to rush or anything like that, but I think because we've been in Wano for so long, a lot of people probably would appreciate getting to that next arc eventually and the fact that they're still hyping up wano that is going to be the best arc since marine ford i'm wondering what's going to happen i mean i'd imagine there's going to be something emotion filled because that's usually what makes an arc impactful and that's what made marine ford so impactful the emotional things that went down so man it could be some heads is on the chopping block could be somebody gets captured it could be I don't, I don't know what's going to go down, but the fact that they're really still hyping up Wano when we're in the final stretch of it, a lot of the major battles have been completed and whatnot, that is telling that there's still more to look forward to in this arc. And I think that's good as well at the same time for the community of like, yeah, they're still hyping up that there's more epicness to come. So even though you might be a little bit tired of Wano because we've been in it for several years now, ultimately there's more to look forward to. So don't throw in your hat just yet of saying, oh my God, more Wano. Uh, they're comparing it to Marine Ford, and hopefully they live up to the expectations. Because come on, yo, Marine Ford is legendary. To to fill those shoes, I don't think Wano has still met those expectations by any means of what Marine Ford accomplished. Let's see what this final stretch uh, can do. Because Wano has been excellent, but Marine Ford is just—it's such a small, compact, and impactful part of One Piece. I want to see what they got in store. And the first story I wanted to talk about today um, kind of has me laughing. I'm not even going to lie. Has me laughing, has me bewildered, has me questioning a lot of different things. Because over in China, which if I'm not mistaken, I remember and we covered this many years ago at this particular point. That I want to say it was quite a few manga were actually banned over there in China. There was a lot of stories that like Death Note, Attack on Titan, quite a few different stories were completely banned over there in China so to my shock to my bewilderment when I heard this story I was like what <laughs> what what is going on because apparently over in China a lot of people are murmuring and rumbling regarding saying yo they ripping off Aaron Yeager. There's an Aaron Yeager ripoff over there in China. And I'm like, how? How? So wait a minute. Let, let, me, let me get this straight. They're bootlegging to even be able to watch and enjoy Attack on Titan over there. Obviously, right? Because if it's banned over there, then how the hell they're getting their hands on it. So they're bootlegging it. And then on top of that, they're bootlegging their bootleg by creating an Aaron Yeager lookalike. Oh, what? <laughs> Let's read, people. Because it starts off with... Now China have their own Eren Yeager. And the top image says, you know, that's Eren from the, the Japanese, you know, Attack on Titan. And then that's the Chinese version. I'm like, dog, it, he looks more like Eren Yeager than Eren Yeager in his own damn anime. And then in the bottom image, it's like, maybe you could argue he looks a little more like, I don't know, Kotomine from freaking Fate Stay Night or some shit in the bottom image in China. But goddamn, it looks dead on the nose. Let's read what was said about this. What series, what's going on here? Chinese animation series have their own Eren Yeager. Do you remember that cool-looking man bun Eren Yeager who became the crush of many anime fans? Well, it looks like he got reincarnated into a Chinese animation series called Spare Me Great Lord. Well, jokes aside, there is a character from Chinese animation also called Dong Huo who is going viral on social media because of his uncanny resemblance with Attack on Titan protagonist Eren Yeager. That character is called Mi Ting and he is from the newly released Dong Hao, Da Wang Rao Ming, Spare Me Great Lord. The series is relatively new and there are only five episodes out till now. 
Ni Ting is not a main character of the series, but after watching the first four episodes, it's clear that he will be a major character in the upcoming episodes. And provided are some screenshots from the episode three of the series. Now let's talk about the story a little bit. The main character is weak initially, obviously, and after an accident with the truck coon, he gains the ability to level up. Oh god, this totally straight up sounds like, you know, every isekai you've ever heard of. You heard it right. Just like what happens in solo leveling manhwa, MC has received a game system where he can obtain points by scaring and making people emotional. Then he can exchange those points with things like healing potions, etc. Okay, so that was the short summary after watching the first four episodes. Here's the official synopsis of the series. This is the story of an orphan, Lu Shu. He is not any regular orphan, but a metahuman experiencing the changes in himself. Okay, kind of sounds a little... Uh, his country and the world during the dawn of the magical era. Watch as Lu Shu embarks on a journey to hone his peculiar abilities together with his sister, the adorable and charismatic Lu Xiaoyu. Along the way, they'll encounter supernatural events, obstacles, and even the most powerful people in their country. How will Lu Shu make the best of his abilities and oust his never-ending list of rivals and opponents? Unfortunately, there's no official way to watch the series with subtitles. However, there's many fan subs available online. And I'll be honest with you. Well, aside from the fact that this is absolutely ridiculous because the entirety of, of China has banned Attack on Titan to my knowledge unless they did an unban or whatever. So the fact that they're getting uh, access to this, it's kind of crazy almost. It's like they're aiding and abetting copyright infringement if you think about it, the entire nation because like, so you're allowing a ripoff, so to speak, of Attack on Titan's character Aaron Yeager to exist in the country but the entire series itself can't be in the, like, what are, what are we doing here? What what are we doing here? But I will say aside from that because I've been opening up to experiencing and enjoying different mediums as of late because you already know it's anime manga for life. That's never going to change. But I ain't going to lie. Based off a lot of things that I've been hearing lately like, you know, the creator of Gundam talking about China and their animation and how it's going up and all this other stuff. I wouldn't mind checking it out. That's not to say that I'm going to be like, yeah, man, Attack on Titan ripoff or Eren Yeager ripoff for the win or anything like that. But I, I wouldn't mind seeing what's going on over there in China with their animation and stuff like that looks anime-esque and when I started watching it and experiencing other mediums and stuff like that it's always interesting and fascinating to see how they do storytelling I'm very much so on the ground level and understanding how usually an anime or manga from Japan starts that's why if there's something that really blows my mind I'm usually like holy cow I didn't expect this to you know happen this way but like I've noticed with different mediums they take different approaches from like you know different countries and whatnot on how they do storytelling so I wouldn't mind checking out a Chinese animation I just don't know could I even respect if it really just is dead on the nose of like, yo, that's Aaron Yeager all day. Could I respect that? I don't know. But either way, yeah, um, according to the, the murmurings online, Attack on Titans, Aaron Yeager is in China now and he's a whole different character. Like, what are we doing here, people? <laughs> Okay, people, next up, first of all, I want to clarify something from a previous episode where we were discussing some comic book-related stuff. Um, my bad, I messed up on the whole Batgirl being a part of the Batman film that's coming out with uh, Robert Pattinson. Yeah, that was totally an error on my behalf. She's not going to be a part of that. There's something totally different going on, a different Batman and all that jazz. So I goofed on that. Forgive me. I'm not the most averse when it comes to understanding everything about comic books and what's going on. There's a lot out there, and I'm just now starting to get back into the whole swing of things when it comes that but i still want to talk about and report on comic book related stuff like we talk about invincible over here we talk about a few different comic book related shows and whatnot um and i want to once again talk about uh the batman film the the actual one not the one that i was mixing up and saying hey batgirl's involved like no that that's not happening but uh robert pattinson's the batman apparently it's going to be like the longest batman film ever and i'm 
partially excited because it, realistically speaking, if you take away the Justice League stuff and all of that other things, we haven't had a full-on new Batman film in a long time. So it'll be a nice treat to be able to spend a long time in Gotham City with the Cape Crusader. And I totally sounded like a synopsis or some shit like that. Yes, we're spending a long time in Gotham City with the Cape Crusader. Okay, uh, let's read what's going on. The Batman will be one of the longest comic book movies ever. The Batman's runtime has finally been revealed at a lengthy 167 minutes without credits. Audiences will get to spend nearly three hours in Gotham City with Robert Pattinson's Cape Crusader. When Matt Reeves' The Batman opened in theaters March 4th, comic book movie fans will be able to spend nearly three hours in Gotham City with Robert Pattinson's Cape Crusader. The official runtime for The Batman is a whopping two hours and 47 minutes. That does sound quite uh, long. Pause. Variety has confirmed with a source close to the film. At 167 minutes without credits, the Batman is set to be one of the longest comic book tent poles ever. Only Avengers Endgame at 181 minutes and Zack Snyder's Justice League 242 minutes run longer. The Batman finds Robert Pattinson following in the footsteps of Michael Keaton, Christian Bale, Ben Affleck, and more by taking over the role of Bruce Wayne on the big screen. Pattinson stars opposite Zoe Kravitz as Selina Kyle Catwoman, Paul Dano as Edward Nashton, aka the Riddler, and Jeff Free Wright as James Gordon, John Turturro as Carmen Falcon, Peter Sarsgat as Gil Colson, Andy Serskis as Alfred Pennyworth, and Colin Farrell as Oswald Cobblepot, aka Penguin. Reactions to the Batman trailers have compared Reeves' vision to the dark crime atmosphere of David Flinch's films, and a 167-minute runtime would imply Reeves is taking the slow burn detective route. The Batman runs longer than Finch's own crime opus, Zodiac, at 157 minutes. The movie is also longer than the recent lengthy tempo and James Bond blockbuster, No Time to Die, and edges out the runtime of Christopher Nolan's longest Batman movie, The Dark Knight Rises, at 165 minutes. And yeah, I ain't gonna lie, I'm massively excited, just like many people around the world. I love Batman. He's one of my favorite Western superheroes and just in general, he's amazing. And uh, again, I was a little bit apprehensive, like I've said before, regarding Robert Pattinson. Really, dog? Robert Pattinson? But I'm open-minded. The trailer looks dope and I, I think they could get it done, especially it's going like a dark detective route. I love detective stories. I'm a massive Detective Conan fan. That shit is in my blood, dog. Like, I love stories like that. So, yeah, this might be it could go down to be one of my favorite Batman. I don't know if we'll ever uh, top the Dark Knight, you know, that, that second film with the Joker and all that stuff. That was incredible. But um, this could very well go down. Like, it has potential at the very least to go down as one of my favorites because I love the detective side of Batman. Like, early Batman, the animated series stuff where it's just Batman rolling, going through the crazies and whatnot of Gotham City. Let's go, baby. This is exciting. Okay, people, next up, we're going to talk about the top 50 best-selling manga of the week, including a couple of slides and what I mean by that is downturns down slides for a few different series and all of this info is courtesy of Jose underscore K over on Twitter always appreciate him for providing such really interesting info because I love talking about this stuff uh, but yeah so we got the top 50 best-selling manga and off rip very interestingly enough one piece coming in at number 50 with 18,063 copies um, pretty much it will be out of the top 50 by the next um, week unless something major happens with 1.632 million copies and I don't like to harp on this stuff because people take it offensive when I'm just speaking facts. One Piece is one of my favorite stories. One Piece is one of the greatest manga ever written. Y'all know how I feel about that but people can't take 
logical breakdowns, mathematical and all that jazz uh, as anything other than hate when it's not in favor of them. But realistically speaking, you can see the, the, the impact and I think you could even argue damage to a certain degree. The length of Wano has done to One Piece because prior to Wano, we was always just... You know, we were cooking, fam. Like, volume sales wasn't steadily increasing or anything like that. But Wano being so long, I think, is the biggest problem as to why sales are like this. Like, we haven't cleared 2 million before leaving the top 50. Kind of makes you look a little bit like, damn. Like, especially with all the promo, episode 1000, volume 100, chapter 1000. With all that promo that Shueisha pushed behind it, for it to be at 1.6 and leaving the top 50. Definitely, you can see that Wano, and that's probably why it looks like it's starting to wrap itself up. Because, yeah, One Piece, like, it's starting to dip in sales to a point where, imagine we get to a point where One Piece doesn't even crack a million. Like, that would be very eye-opening for the fandom. So, yeah, definitely interesting to note that One Piece, 1.6 million at 50, about to leave. Then we got Blue Box Volume 3 uh, with 18,000 this week, bringing its total in 13 days to 91,000. Uh, that's definitely the new sports slash romance story for jump flagship title of the those genres i guess i don't know really sports per se because it doesn't really exude like yo that's high q dog but like yeah ninety one thousand. okay cool that's gonna be around for a while that's like nisekoi-esque territory uh then shooting up number 44 boruto volume 16 with only 21,814 copies in its second week bringing its total to 95,220 copies and as pointed out by a very hardcore boruto fan over on twitter abdul zoldak uh he said himself boruto volume 16 did not perform very well in the second week of oricon only managing to sell 21,814 copies making the total for both weeks 95,220 both volume 14 and 15 managed to crack the 100k mark in the second week so yeah you can see that there's a steady decline in the boruto sales and and it's disheartening to hear as somebody that i've been championing boruto since like what 2017 2018 whenever like kara really started to begin i want to say i always remember for some reason around like chapter 18 is where i was really like holy shit so somewhere around there up until now i've been championing it so to see that it's going down this route i think it's kind of lining up perfectly now that they're slowly thrusting us into this next chapter of the story and i don't mean like next chapter like 67 i mean like that it's looking like we're going into that older boruto era the time skip era and stuff like that that way they can hopefully again i, I gotta keep on stressing do a rebrand because if they don't do a rebrand here's what's going to happen the time skip is going to be very short-lived. It's not going to last that long because if sales are continuing to dip now, how much longer can we go without them saying, yo, we got to pull the plug, dog. Sales of the manga just aren't all that. Now, granted, the anime is a whole different animal in and of itself. I think the anime still does pretty well. But yeah, I think a rebrand, even if it's the opposite, even if it's the manga rebrands and the anime stays the same, something needs to give in order to really shake things up because this is the first volume since, at the very least, 13 to not crack 100,000 in its second week. So yeah, um, Boruto definitely on the decline and it's unfortunate. Man, look at that volume cover, dog. I need that. Then we got volume 40 through 31. Uh, let's see here. We got Darwin's Game with 25,000 this week. And then a whole bunch of Jujutsu Kaisen, Volume 6, 5, 7, 4, 3. Uh, then it gets broken up from Mystery Lunakare. Uh, then it goes to Jujutsu Kaisen. Oh my god, Jujutsu Kaisen just dominating again. That Jujutsu Kaisen Volume 0 doing wonders. And one of the things why I always stress too that I'm very excited when I see volume sales do very well for a series is in particular that from what I've heard throughout the years, mangaka, their biggest bread and butter of money is 
volume sales. Like that's where they make their most bread. So when I see volumes doing well, I'm like, yes, Gaga Akutami is getting what they deserve. Yes, yes. So that's why I say that. I'm I'm excited to see all these Jujutsu Kaisen volumes doing well because they only get like a small payment for like, hey, we want to license your your story to do a film. Here's like I don't know, twenty five thousand, fifty thousand, boom, and then they don't see shit else until like their volume sales 30 through 21 and this is a series that we spoke about last week not doing the hottest so to speak however this week it actually picked up and is doing better than its previous volume second week we got black clover doing 27,295 bringing its total to 122,272 copies sold in total for this volume and black clover with its previous volume in two weeks it had did 137,000 and this one in two weeks has done 122,000 so while it's still a little bit of a dip its second week did better than its previous volume second week the second week for the previous volume did like 22 23 this one did 27 so it's in the ballpark it's not really a big dip as i had previously thought like yeah the first volume was definitely a dip and there's still a decline there but it's not as bad as like boruto not even being able to crack 100k in two weeks time considering like oh if you got that naruto word in there you know what i'm saying you still got people that care and whatnot so definitely something interesting to note but i'm gonna continue to shout out and support both series because i, I want to see both series win like they're two of my favorites that i really enjoy talking about each and every week well boruto is monthly but you get what i'm saying um and yeah black clover a little bit of a decline in total but still on the ballpark not too bad at all and i'm just happy to see it because yo that volume cover just looks so dope with you know and longer especially you know with that form oh my god although it's a big spoiler then we got jujutsu kaisen volume one at 29 with another 27,000, 2.7 million let's freaking go uh, then going up more Jujutsu Kaisen from 24 to 21. God damn. Then we got uh, places 20 through 11. More mystery to Lunacare. Then Jujutsu Kaisen. We got Tokyo Avengers at 15 with volume 25. 32,000 bringing its total. It finally cracked 900k. That'll hit. I still got to say I think that's going to hit a million before it leaves the top 50. But if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But yeah, dope stuff there. Then let's jump over to top 10. Just god damn this is like jujutsu kaisen island or some shit just more jujutsu like number nine jujutsu kaisen number eight jujutsu kaisen zero which that is a very i want to say does it say right here when it was released i want to say this volume was released like in yeah 2018 this volume was released and the fact that it's doing numbers now that movie dog 2.7 million copies i think i want to say volume zero is almost if not more right around the same point as volume one what was volume one selling volume one has sold 2.74 and Volume 0 has sold... Oh my god, Volume 0 has sold more than Volume 1. That's crazy, because it's not even the same freaking main character. Like, nuts. We got a number 5, Dr. Stone, Volume 24, with 39,000, bringing its total 171,000. Man, I can't wait for more Dr. Stone anime. Whatever they got dropping, that little special thing in the summertime, I'm watching it, because it's going to be a long stretch for the next one, and Dr. Stone is ending soon, so... Yeah. Then we got Marimashita Iruma-kun with 49,000, bringing its total to 104. That's a pretty big one. I've been wanting to check that one out, to be honest with you. Then at number one and number two, dog. What? What? Top five, and, and, and it ain't three, four, five, baby. It's one and two. Jujutsu Kaisen, volume 17 and 18, occupying the two top spots. 55,000 for volume 17 and 122,000 for volume 18. God damn, baby. Shoutouts to Gege. I hope you're eating well. I hope you're getting money off of all of this because this is insane. 1.9 mil, 1.5 mil. God damn. Hold on. Clap it up. <laughs> Gotta do it for the one time for the 
for the GOAT Gagakutami. This is crazy. And yeah, people, those were the manga sales for the top 50 bestsellers of the week. Um, interesting stuff all around. Boruto, Black Clover, Jujutsu Kaisen. A lot of stuff to talk about. Okay, people, next up, something I ain't gonna lie, I'm a little bit excited about because we don't get that often, like, JoJo-related video game stuff like that. We get here and there a console one every few years, but uh, we got a JoJo's mobile game that I'm kind of excited about. It says here, K-Lab to distribute JoJo's Bizarre Adventure mobile game worldwide. K-Lab announced on Thursday that it has acquired the rights to distribute Shanghai-based Shang-Yu Games' upcoming mobile game based on the anime adaptation of Hirohiko Araki's JoJo's Bizarre Adventure manga worldwide outside of Japan. Shang-Yu Games had announced in August 2020 that the game would launch in mainland China, Taiwan, Hong Kong, and Macau. The companies have launched a website for the game. And yeah, I'm not really familiar with what this game is all about, but a JoJo's game, if it's dope, can be really freaking awesome. I love JoJo's. I want to play a JoJo's game. It's been a little minute. Okay, people, next up we got the weekly Shonen Jump author comments. Let's take a look. We got Hajime Komodo from Martial Magic and Muscles. Thanks to my astigmatism, I'm seeing so many McDonald's french fries. Yes. I feel so bad for dude, man. The health issues is no joke, dog. Shoutouts to Hajime Komodo and Marshall. Uh, then we got Sakamoto Days, Yuto Suzuki. I'm addicted to gummies right now. It's probably because I couldn't eat them when I was a kid due to cavities. <laughs> All right there, Sakamoto. Relax. Uh, then we got Doran Dororan by Gen Oska. My family is full of people born in January. Our family line group is really lively right now. Happy birthday, everyone. Yeah, that... that kind of sounds conflicting because like yo you got to go through thanksgiving then christmas and then you think you're done and oh no we got the january birthday month i don't know how i'd feel about that to be honest with you that's that's a bit much for me then we got ayashimon yujikaku i can't come up with good comments for this section no matter how hard i try what do i do didn't you say that it was going to be like a vow of like yo i'm gonna i'm gonna nail it dog i'm gonna be doing shit every 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 week i got some comments like dog just talk about your manga talk about your life i don't know if you got a stomach ache you gotta take a dump say whatever dog you know what i'm saying <laughs> We got Jujutsu Kaisen, Gagakutami, and this kind of made a little bit of a stir. I've seen some people speculating regarding Yuji in particular. If there's no buoyancy or resistance, then why do air bubbles occur? That's a good question. That's because Yuji is evolving, dog. Like, very, very interesting stuff there, Gage. Well, you could tell that they're researching very heavily into where to take it next with Yuji and stuff like that, but that's for a different one. I don't want to get into spoilers and whatnot, but shout-outs to Gagaku. Tommy, this is... It looks like it might be Gage's year as well. Like, it was their year last year. They were number one highest-selling manga. Might be the same this year. I don't know. Uh, then we got My Hero Academia, Kohei Horikoshi. My room is buried in paper, so I had planned to do a major cleaning to start the year. Yeah, dog, clean out. I just actually... Yeah, I can't even see, but right here, I had like 100 million anime-related things just stuffed there. It was just really messy. Cleaned it all out, put it all back there again. You can't see nothing the way I got this set up. But yeah, I did a massive cleaning. Do the same. Go ahead. You, you got this, dog. You ending your manga this year, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? You're going to reach your goals, right? Then we got uh, Richiro Inagaki from Dr. Stone. It's crazy that humanity made it to the moon over 50 years ago without even internet. And apparently they even did that with calculator technology. And they can't recreate the technology to go to the moon anymore. It's going to take a while. So yeah, there's that. For Never World, what are you doing? Are you trying to say some conspiracy theories, dog? Like, what are you trying to say? I'm trying to say, let's go to the next comment. Because to wrap things up, we got the ever so infamous, and this is also very interesting. I had a meeting at Shueisha for the first time in forever and ordered the yuzu juice I used to get. 
delicious memories of the past. Interesting, interesting. So he had a meeting at Shueisha for the first time in forever. Shueisha is going to bring you in because either something big is happening. Now, I'd imagine if it was, let's just say, for example, worst case scenario, they bring them in. Yo, we're canceling you. I don't think he would need to go to Shueisha for that. I think the editorial department at Jump would have a conversation like, yo, dog, we're, let's wrap it up, man. Let's get out of here already. We, we want it done or whatnot. So I'm not sure if that would be a Shueisha meeting per se. If it's a Shueisha meeting, it might be to do with the Black Clover movie. Maybe they brought him in like, yo, we want your ideas. We want some character designs for this particular portion of the film. Can you help us? So that's what I'm hoping for. Fingers crossed that they're bringing in Tabata to help out with the film, which would make it even 10 times better because it's his baby to begin with. So that's what I'm going to hope for regarding why he's going into the office of Shueisha to begin with. But yeah, people, those were the weekly Shonen Jump author comments. Very interesting stuff, especially with Tabata and uh, Gaga Kutami. And I guess uh, Yuto Suzuki's gummy obsession. Why not? Okay, people. And last story of the episode, just an update of sales for two of the biggest series that the creator of Fairy Tale has made, Hiromashima, Fairy Tale, and Rave Master. According to this, Rave by Hiromashima, which in Japan it was called Rave, not Rave Master, uh, has 23.5 million copies in circulation for the entire series, which was 35 volumes, and Fairy Tale, which has 72 million copies in circulation for 63 volumes. Wow, I didn't realize that Fairy Tale was that much longer than Rave Master. Rave Master was 35, Fairy Tale was 63 volumes. Jesus, man. And I was there for majority of it. Like, well, no, I'm lying. I caught up before the Grand Magic games. I want to say I caught up around the Acknologia stuff. So, yeah, I'm a fraud saying I was there for everything, but <laughs> I was watching it for a while until I got to that point, okay? But I wasn't caught up per se for everything. God damn it. And in fact, fun fact, Fairy Tale was one of the anime when I was really starting to get into understanding what anime is that I was actually going to check out. Like, I remember it was like 2010 ish. I was like, yo, I want to check out some of the newer anime. Like, I'm watching a whole bunch of old shit right now, but like, yo, what's some of the newer stuff? And I remember it was like High School of the Dead and Fairy Tale. And at the time, I went with High School of the Dead because I was like, it's only 12 episodes. And Fairy Tale at that time had like 20 something episodes and it was ongoing. So I was like, I'll check out that Fairy Tale in a bit. Probably maybe few months later I, I got into fairy tale but yeah a uh, little bit of history for my fairy tale adventure and shout out to Hiromashima because uh 23.5 million and 72 million that's almost 100 million copies off of his two biggest titles and i'm sure when you add eden zero in there he's probably cracked 100 mil right and first story of the episode i told you guys i would let you guys know and it is finally official unfortunately it's not necessarily when we would have hoped for but at the end of the day uh yeah as a matter of fact let me tell you what I'm talking about. We've got the official release date for the Jujutsu Kaisen Zero film coming to the west to north america y'all know i've been highly highly anticipating this i ain't gonna lie uh, my niece and nephew as soon as i get off this video i'm gonna hit them up like yo um you gotta watch jujutsu kaisen okay like you gotta watch jujutsu kaisen so we could go watch this movie together all right as a matter of fact i think my niece already seen it never mind i think my just my nephew i gotta be like yo put naruto down for a second because he's watching naruto right now and, and, and go watch jujutsu kaisen you, you'll understand and, and thank me later okay but yes we finally got the release date and initially we thought it was going to be February a lot of rumors were speculating like oh maybe in February I was hopeful for February unfortunately it's going to be a little bit after that not too much because again it's actually still 
playing in theaters in Japan right now, so they can't, you know, coincide. They like to have their exclusive, you know, Japan gets it first, and then the rest of the world gets it. Fine by me, whatever. I just, I just want to get it, and we're, we're, we're about to get it. Let's read. Jujutsu Kaisen anime film opens in U.S. and Canada in March. Crunchyroll announced on Tuesday that the Jujutsu Kaisen anime film will open with English subtitles and with an English dub in the U.S. and Canada on March 18th. The film will launch in over 1,500 theaters as well as in IMAX theaters and tickets will go on sale. This is important, people, because these anime films, oftentimes, you will be screwed and won't be able to go and watch the movie you want to see. I've had it happen to me before. I forget what, what Naruto movie it was. Was it the last or... I forget. It was one of the Naruto films. I was so upset. I was like, what, what do you mean there's no more tickets? Like, I'm, I'm trying to get in. Sir? Yo, I'm getting in there. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'm for Neverworld, man. You, you don't know who I am. But tickets will go on sale on February 25th, the company streamed an English subtitled trailer, so they already got the trailer and everything. That means they got the rights. And the movie is also coming soon to theaters in the UK, Ireland, Australia, New Zealand, France with CRG events, Germany, Belgium, Luxembourg, Austria, Switzerland, Sweden, Finland, Netherlands, French-speaking Africa, and Latin America. Additional territories will be announced at a later date, so everybody's getting this film. But uh, yeah, we're getting it on March 8th with a February 25th uh, ticket release date where you'll be able to get the tickets. And again, I'm going to encourage you, look around that time. I will remind you guys around that time as well so you could get your tickets in. Probably I already have ordered mine just to make sure y'all don't beat me out to it. I'm just saying, I love anime as much as you guys, all right? Can I have a little bit of a head start? I'm the news guy. You know what I'm saying? I'll break the news as soon as I get my order in. <laughs> But yeah, people, March 18th, Jujutsu Kaisen Zero film will be in theaters. Mark your calendars. I know a lot of you guys are going to be going. I'm going. And of course, February 25th, you will be able to order your tickets. Let's go, baby. Let's get into our domains. That was a corny way to end this one, but eh, you know, you got to roll with the punches. Let's get to the next story. Moving forward, something none of us seen coming, but it's to be expected because this creator really be on that next level vibe, grinding, always hustling, always with the next thing from video games to manga to back-to-back -back manga working on anime like this man is a monster a machine and who i'm referring to is hiro mashima creator of fairy tale now you're asking yo fenev what do you do now like what possibly like is he running for freaking mayor like what did hiro do well hiro mashima aka at underscore mashima a popular manga artist who is also known as a call of duty fan has made Call of Duty Vanguard into a manga what is unknown past Polina, the strongest female sniper. And the cover, it says Polina Petrova. I'm not a Call of Duty fan, so I don't know. Is this one of the main characters of that video game, I'm assuming? Uh, and it just looks freaking amazing. I love Hiromashima's art. Always have. Uh, then you see one page there. It's like a bunch of people in a classroom. It's like a girl falling asleep. Probably like she's having a dream of playing Call of Duty or something, I'm imagining. And oh my god, next page. Yo, I'm, I, oh, the art, man. Hiromashima, he never fails with the art, man. And these pages look dope. And yeah, Hiromashima with a Call of Duty Vanguard manga. Honestly, I'd love to see it, I guess. I'd love to see it from a different aspect. Again, I'm not a COD fan. I've said it on multiple occasions, whether it be the Attack on Titan DLC or something. Like, that, that's just not my, my stilo. I'm an anime fighter game or just in general, like, adventure, RPGs, JRPGs. Like, that's kind of more of my bag. But... That looks really dope, and above all else, I just so much admire the passion, the hustle. I feel like Hiromashima really wants to make it and become something just 
bigger than even being like a legendary manga artist because at this point, love him or hate him, he's created hit upon hit, raid master, hit, fairy tale, mega hits. Eden Zero starting to become a hit and the anime is very well loved and received over on Netflix and he's done so many other countless things. You got Fairy Tail 100's Quest getting an anime like this dude is always on the grind and hustle and I've said it so many different times but if that don't inspire you, what will? The fact that this guy that y'all know the conditions of being a mangaka. I've told you many many times throughout the years that they break their backs 20 hours a day. So imagine amongst all of that he's hiring a whole bunch of staff to help him get through all of that and then he's still he's designing video games he's designing other people's video games uh, mobile game, like just so many different things this is a legend right here love him or hate him it's hiromashima baby salute dog you know what i'm saying for neverworld merch coming soon baby but yeah hiromashima legend also i just noticed that that was like army fatigue kind of goes with call of duty and shit like that even though i don't rock with call of duty i don't know for nev call of duty merch <laughs> Next story, let's get there. Because moving forward is something that I'm sure a few people will be excited about. I know I'm very excited about it. I've told you guys on multiple occasions that I am really looking forward to this. But apparently, the rumbling full size by Sim, the rumbling, aka the latest song from Attack on Titan, the opening and whatnot, you know, that uh, kind of metal, but also at the same time, just so melodically beautiful song. The full version will be released February 7th, 2022. Uh, shout outs to my guys at Plot Armor for linking me this shit because I was so freaking excited. In case you don't know, I freaking love and adore that song every freaking time I go and I sing along with it. If I lose it all, slip and fall, something, 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 yeah. And the lyrics are easy, but I suck sometimes at doing this. Yeah, no, yay, 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 yay. Yeah, people, for people that were excited or looking forward to the full version of the song which sometimes it can be hit or miss in case you don't know oftentimes there's a lot of anime opening songs that the tv version they clip out and put the best parts of it but then when you hear the full extent it's like wait the song did what it turns into oh no 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 just give me back the the tv version so if the song goes that way and it just goes full screamo for the other half of it i think i'm gonna be good like i'm not the biggest fan of the screaming and all that stuff like i can accept it and tolerate it because sometimes you get in the vibe so you just want to yell like ah and shit like that so I, I i totally can rock with it for like a minute and a half of it being here and there but if the rest of the song if it's like a four minute song and the remainder of the song is just uh, sim y'all can keep that one um I will continue on with the TV version. <laughs> but yeah, people just wanted to bring this one to you guys' attention. Um, I'm excited. I can't freaking wait. I hope they put it on Spotify and all streaming platforms where you can also stream my podcast for never news. I'm just saying full episodes every Saturday. Uh, yeah, it's it's coming February 7th. Yay. Okay, people, next up is something that I've been really intrigued and in covering every time I can get my hands on this type of information. I usually like to discuss it because it's over here on the soil that we stand on here in the north the north really remembers mate uh the u.s manga sales and i know there's more to the north than just the u.s i i, I get it i get it it's a joke but some u.s manga sales for the week of january 9th through the 15th and uh shout outs to yellowstone for this information and it was just really three manga that did some sales and whatnot but it is interesting to take a look at okay so what is going on in the u.s manga market so for example demon slayer kimetsu no yaiba stories of water and flame which is a spin-off manga but y'all know demon slayer is tearing it up 
um, it was released on the 4th, right? So in its first week, because it has a total of 39,295, and that week it did 12,212 copies. So that means in its first week, it did, what, about 27,000 copies, if my math is correct. I might be totally off. Sometimes I'd be bugging out. But so a Demon Slayer manga, one of the hottest ones out right now, did 27,000 in its first week. And in its second week, it did 12,000. So it's almost at 40,000 in two weeks. Again, for like a manga title, that's not the biggest splash in the world, but I know that these numbers come a long, long, long way. I always tell the story of I was shocked and appalled and I couldn't believe it. And I think a lot of it was due to poor marketing and a speed up and just in general. At the time, manga wasn't the, where it's at right now. Visibility wasn't where it's at right now because a giant title like Bleach never should do 500 copies in its first week with a new volume never never but also at that time the scans and everybody that read up to date was like hundreds of chapters ahead of the official north american releases so there's also that to factor in and then just a whole bunch of other stuff but i'll never forget when i saw it, i was like 500 copies what the hell what is going on it was like two bleach volumes one of them had did like 1200 in its first week and one of them did 500 and i was just like Oh my god, is that what U.S. manga sells or whatnot? These numbers are very different, and again, that just is very telling of the uh, North American manga market and how much bigger things have gotten. And salute to Demon Slayer doing 40,000 in two weeks. That's not bad at all. Then Dragon Ball Super, on the other hand, in its second week, essentially did 4,321 copies with a total of 14,566. So it did about 10,000 copies in its first week for Dragon Ball Super. I'm not sure if that's good or bad for Dragon Ball considering it's manga in North America. Dragon Ball, you know, it's an anime thing. People love Dragon Ball Z and now I guess Super for the anime. They're not the biggest manga fans. Most people that are Dragon Ball fans, they try to avoid the manga. They were like, no, whenever the anime comes, I'm gonna go, but I don't really care. Well, if that 3D CG happens, you're gonna be, you're gonna be caring then, huh? <laughs> and then lastly, Chainsaw Man with 65,888 copies total. And that week it did 4,000. And this volume came out back in April. Chainsaw Man Volume 2 back in April and doing another 4,000 bringing us total to 65,000 so you can see that manga for the most part they do it looks in the range of like well i don't know what that demon slayer volume is going to continue doing but it seems like it's in the range of like probably 60 50,000 maybe 100,000 just depends on the title or whatnot my hero academia is way bigger than pretty much all these titles in the west again i've said it before in 2020 my hero was the biggest highest selling uh, u.s manga that released in 2020 was a massive year for manga due to the pandemic everybody being home ordering volumes and whatnot but yeah very interesting i ain't gonna lie i hope i can get my hands on more of this because and if you guys want to see more of this definitely let me know gives us insight into okay we have the illusion of japan you know what i'm saying one piece 1.6 million you know a jujutsu kaisen 2 million first print run but in the u.s it's a little bit of a different story but still fascinating nonetheless okay people next up this is something that i believe every creator or most creators at the very least that create comics and manga and you know they, they imagine these characters and create these worlds and all that jazz dream of someday happening and getting this type of recognition for their work um this is an artist's dream and what i'm referring to is the fact that Eichiro Oda yet again with his one piece has been cemented with life-size statues over there in japan there's a ton of them everywhere but now they did one for the the goat arguably one of the fan favorite characters of one piece Roranoa zoro uh he got a statue let's read the article because this shit is unfathomable for artists for creative this is something that is like 
Yo, dog, I, I wish. I dream. Hopefully, one day. One Piece Zoro statue erected in series creator's hometown. The new statue was officially unveiled on January 21st in Ozu Park, which is located in Kumamoto Prefecture, Japan. The statue features a straw hat pirate utilizing his unique three-sword style with a katana in each hand and another clench between his teeth. The new attraction is based on the character's post-time skip appearance and features numerous small details such as the stitches on his chest. The bronze figure's unveiling was streamed to YouTube in a ceremony that featured live music and dance performances from the area's residents. The new statue is a part of a tourism campaign being backed by series creator Eichiro Oda, One Piece's publisher Shueisha, and the local Kumamoto government in order to promote tourism in the area. Oda was born in Kumamoto, the capital city of the prefecture, in 1975. Located on the southern island of Kyushu, the area is known for Mount Aso, one of the... <laughs> Mount Aso. Okay, I'm so immature sometimes. One of the world's largest active volcanoes and its numerous historical castles and shrines. In 2016, the region was devastated by a deadly earthquake. Oda and the local government in the area have since erected a number of One Piece statues in order to revitalize the local economy and encourage tourists to return. The Zoro statue is the ninth in the series following a bronze figure of the Straw Hat Pirates navigator Nami, which was unveiled in 2021. The campaign is expected to end with the unveiling of a tenth sculpture, which will be based on the helmsman Jimbei. And just taking a look at this statue, it looks amazing. They got like a drawing from Eichiro Oda of Zoro himself. It'd be funny if like, yo, well, it wouldn't be funny, but imagine like a thousand years from now, people look back and this actually becomes like historical value in terms of like people legit think like this dude existed or some shit that that's a possibility you never freaking know when people rewrite history all of a sudden roanora zoro from one piece becomes like yo he was a part of this crew and they they sailed the world and he changed the world or some shit you just never freaking know and then also this image right here of all of the other straw hat statues again you got nami looking scrumptious you got usap god usap baby chopper sitting on a chair to make him a little bit taller of course again the Zoro one, Luffy one. Oh my god, that shit looks epic. Sanji, Robin, woo, Robin Chuan, Nami Swan, Frankie, uh, very super there. And of course, uh, bad to the bone, rock and roll, Brooke. And man, I ain't gonna lie, I would love to have one of these bad boys. I seen another creator, dude in a room. Dude had it. Uh, really freaking awesome stuff, man. I, I, I want to get me a statue of one of these someday. Maybe I have like one of like each of the iconics, like a Luffy, a Naruto, Ichigo, Goku. Like just have a whole big freaking, oh my God. I, I, I'm an artist at heart, dog. I can think of exactly how to structure it and make the, ah. Yeah, people, uh, Oda once again doing the unthinkable and getting One Piece statues erected around Japan in honor of, you know, just how awesome the series is. And of course, to bring in tourism. Okay, people, next up, something that was announced quite some time ago is finally coming to fruition and that's that Shenmue the animation based off of the notoriously popular video games is finally coming the anime for Shenmue is finally happening it says here Shenmue the animation and Adult Swim and Crunchyroll original begins February 5th so I did not know or maybe I just it's been so long I don't really remember I thought it was just strictly Adult Swim but apparently it's in collaboration with Crunchyroll which I wonder how that works like does Crunchyroll just get the exclusive streaming rights and how long does it take for them to put on an episode on there after Adult Swim airs them because you know that'll be a conflict of interest so that's going to be interesting to note but either way February 5th and I go gonna lie I took a peek at the trailer animation looks solid voice acting sounds really dramatic action looks pretty cool I was never that deep into Shenmue but this looks like something 
fucking dope, and I think that existing Shenmue fans of the actual video games and whatnot probably are going to be intrigued, and I think also from the trailer, I could be totally misled, I could be led astray and bamboozled and all of that jazz, but I think it looks like something that, at the very least, potentially people that aren't into Shenmue can also indulge in because yeah that trailer looked kind of fire I ain't gonna lie it looked like whoa it gave me a vibe of I don't know like a really dark art style in a way and just in general I'm kind of hype and again I'm not a Shenmue fan like that I'm not a fanatic of it by any means but it kind of looks pretty good yeah one more time Shenmue the animation and Adult Swim and Crunchyroll original February 5th hype at 12 30 a.m I believe that's EST so yeah, that's going to be dope. Okay, people, next up, very, very big news. A lot of people, I'm sure, are on their toes about this one because we've been reporting it as the updates have been coming in uh, via the mangaka and just in general the, the status of this because it's been, I want to say now we're going on almost two years since it was announced that this series was going into its climax, into its final arc, and all of that good stuff as we've been approaching towards its end. But it finally has happened. It finally arrived the time for the series uh, to end according to this it says the final chapter of fire force by atsushi okubo is finished and submitted which means because a lot of people are going to be like so what next week is the final chapter no it means that the mangaka has already handed in his final chapter that's it all he probably has to do is like maybe like marketing stuff and like promotional art and stuff but in terms of his job of writing the manga unless there's like a spin-off unless there's like a something after the fact maybe an epilogue which i don't think either of them are happening maybe an epilogue could happen but um yeah atsushi okubo has expressed on numerous occasions i'm done no more manga for me fam i'm good so i don't see like a big spinoff happening any continuation of any sorts the only big thing that i'm hoping is an anime continuation the fans deserve it it had two seasons a lot of people love it yeah finish it off i don't know if it needs a third and fourth season or just a third season but either way yeah it needs to be concluded anime wise because that would be real lame to just leave the fans high and dry after there's been a lot of commotion about fire force i was there for the beginnings i i, I reviewed i want to say like the first three episodes or something like that but yeah uh atsushi okubo has handed in the final chapter of fire force so no matter what you expect no matter what it is it is set in stone at this particular point and it's it's kind of sad because i remember it was what a few weeks ago now that it was said that it was about two volumes left of material that was in the can and since the final chapter has been handed in again it won't pass by any means summertime. Like, summertime is out the window at this point. Probably, I'm guessing, about April-ish or May. At the latest, it'll be done. But, yeah, it's not going to go any further. Fire Force, he has handed in the final chapter. And, again, I just feel bad for the fans because it's always, no matter what, a sad thing when the manga ends. Yes, it could have a great conclusion and everybody could be satisfied regardless and all good things must come to an end regardless. I completely understand that. Nevertheless, for me personally, like, I'll never forget with Yu Yu Hakusho, if you don't know about it, go watch it. Incredible, one of my favorite shonen anime. One of the things that my name is somewhat loosely based off of for never world um yeah when i would finish that anime back in the day i'll never forget i always felt like i was saying goodbye to a friend and i would get really really sad and be like well time to rewatch yu yu Hakusho." show and i kind of feel like i'm sure fire force fans are going to feel that way of 
time to reread Fire Force or rewatch the anime or whatever because there's just so much life to these characters and it's just such a fun and wacky adventure and you know it's from the same creator as Soul Eater and Soul Eater was a fun light-hearted wacky adventure although it gets darker and Fire Force gets very dark I mean people are getting set on fire or whatnot but uh yeah as warned for quite some time Fire Force final chapter has been submitted it's only a matter of time now maybe a couple months at best um until it's over and yeah, I guess enjoy this while you can because once it ends, you will feel it. And I, I got to ask the question again, as of where it stands right now, has everything for the most part been answered? All of your questions been answered? All of the plot threads been solved and whatnot? For Fire Force, is there anything you think they can't accomplish in this short amount of time that is left considering the final chapter has been 100% submitted in? And are you satisfied with everything that Fire Force has delivered? Again, I'm going to get back and finish the anime. Well, I got to finish... I think like the last couple episodes of season one and then go straight through season two. Um, and hopefully they do a season three again. I got to stress that because it really sucks when they leave anime only fans off to like, well, go read the manga now, guys. But yeah, people, the final chapter of Fire Force by Atsushi Okubo has been submitted. It is a done deal. It is ending within the next couple months, 100% for sure. Okay, people, and last story or stories of the episode. It is regarding Naruto Shinobi or Nar what is it? Naruto to Boruto Shinobi Strikers. Either way, for starters, it says here, Naruto to Boruto Shinobi Striker has shipped 3 million copies. Yay. <laughs> I've expressed on numerous occasions, I'm not the biggest fan of this game, man. I ain't gonna lie. Like, if I had to choose this or Naruto Storm, 10 times out of 10, maybe we're, we're gonna override reality a la Mimosa. 11 times out of 10, I am picking Naruto Storm over Shinobi Strikers. I'm not a fan of the graphics. I'm not a fan of the gameplay. I just, I'm not a big fan of it, personally. I'm not saying that it's a bad game. I'm just saying that it's not my cup of tea per se but that's still a big feat three million copies a lot of what one of the biggest selling points of this game why i picked it up initially to begin with was the fact that it had the create your own shinobi and while it was kind of limited to a certain degree ultimately you could create your own shinobi and that was something that was like a want a must have for a long time for naruto fans for dragon ball fans i think dragon ball the first time they actually gave us that was that terrible in retrospect ultimate tenkaichi video game like that shit was garbage shinobi strikers wasn't like that by any means I i'd pick shinobi strikers over ultimate tenkaichi but yeah the character customization was a big deal and i think that probably sold a ton of those like the name naruto sold a ton of those the fact that there's no other naruto game that has come out in the last four years for consoles is what sold that and the character creation it's probably like a million a piece sold all of that right there. And the crazy thing is, is that it's not even done yet. This kind of blew my mind because according to this, it says Naruto to Boruto Shinobi Striker game adds Kawaki as 28th DLC character. This year's 8th issue of Shueisha's Weekly Shonen Jump magazine revealed on Monday that Kawaki will be the 28th DLC character for Bandai Namco Entertainment's Naruto to Boruto Shinobi Striker game. The DLC will quote-unquote release soon. The character will be the 5th and final character in the game's 
fourth season pass the season pass focuses on the theme of regeneration the first new character in the fourth season pass is sakura haruno from the great ninja war the second character is nagato edo tensei form the third character is itachi edo tensei form and the fourth character is sasuke uchiha final battle they've had some season passes that don't sound enticing maybe kawaki is probably the only thing out of this because hey it's a newer character that just debuted in the boruto anime i'm hype about him i'm hype about him in the manga right now like yeah kawaki is awesome Awesome, but imagine if Naruto Storm would have been supported for 28 DLCs spanning across years. We would have been having a different conversation. I ain't gonna lie. It's not like they completely dumped Storm, but you remember like it was like every year a new Storm. It would be like Storm 2, Storm Revolution, Storm 3, Storm Generations, or I might have said that backwards. Storm 4, Storm Road to Boruto. Like they did it up with those but they didn't like carry it off with dlc i, I just can't wait for i ain't gonna lie a another naruto game to be announced already something that probably will be more up my alley and since they got come on y'all sold three million of these bad boys and y'all done 28 freaking dlcs that's because i knew i ain't gonna lie I'm, I'm ready but again it's not to rain on this game's parade three million copies is three million copies very well done and just in general clap it up that they got kawaki dlc ah you thought i was gonna say that <laughs> let me stop being immature it was very unpleasant to see see last night over on the twitters or i guess technically when you're watching this it was not last night but either way uh it was very unpleasant to see and i was very disheartened to see this as well because the author of vinland saga went on somewhat of an apology tour down my timeline um over something that i was just like really like based on what i can gather and, and why he was apologizing i was like what the hell because the author of villain saga i believe also is the author of another series another manga planetus if i'm not mistaken and it's more like a space adventure type of thingy majig and basically from again what i could gather we're gonna read it all in a second he said something in regards to the lore of his series he wasn't talking about real life he was talking about the lore of his series but due to the statement essentially being made out of context uh, apparently some people were attacking him and he went on an apology tour let's take a look so he was tweeting and he was saying in reference to his story again planetess that is a space series if i'm not mistaken referring to space and things like that it's not a fantasy fiction or reality okay we hope you enjoy it on top of that if you can invoke something positive in your heart it's all about manga artists thank you to everyone who enjoys planetess and i should have said you copy instead of okay you copy is cool and he was talking about the the the, the space series planetess right and he also said well just a few words planetess is completely fiction and it's just a lie a spaceship that doesn't exist debris that doesn't exist a person who doesn't exist and my fantasy set in the future regarding the impression that it is not interesting i'm sorry for my lack of power pretty much again all in reference to his series that the spaceship nothing within his story planetess i gotta keep on reiterating that um is is real but I believe, based on the context I can gather from all this, that he was being attacked or people took it out of context and were basically trying to say that he was saying that spaceships and space and everything in reality 
doesn't it isn't real. Like basically, he was saying space is fake or some shit like that. So that's what I believe people took it as. And boy, did he go on an apology tour and then followed by a, a rant about his picture on, on Twitter. But let, let's carry on so you guys can see what he said. No, I want to apologize. No one has told me at all. I really respect the people involved in space development, and I don't want to conflict with them at all. It's fiction. I understand. How bad is it to put out the fire? I'm sorry. It's too painful, so just a little more. This has nothing to do with the anime version of Planet Test. It's only about my original manga. First of all, I'm very sorry that I am inconvenienced to all the people concerned by drawing only lies with my knowledge. Continue. I draw manga with a sweet outlook. If it's interesting, will you forgive me? But of course, some people find it uninteresting. Of course, for that person, it's not fun to spend time, and only the lies and inconveniences of the gnawing knowledge remain. I have no excuse. Just sorry. On top of that, if you continue to be offended, you'll be at a loss as to how you apologize. Planet Test is my fantasy and fiction. It has nothing to do with anyone or any organization that actually exists. I would appreciate your understanding. So basically, he's trying to say, nobody told me anything, but he went on profusely apologizing if he offended uh, real-world corporations, real-world organizations such as, let's just say, NASA, by saying, like, yo, space is fake, essentially. But he was talking about in the confines of his story that, yo, it's not real in my story. The spaceship is not real. And, yeah, he basically went on apologizing. And it's really sad, man, that this is the day and age we're in that you say a line and you're referencing something totally different. You're basically innocently speaking your mind about something. And because of the day and age that we're in and everybody gets offended by damn near every possible thing you could think of he has to go and apologize about planet tests like the the villain saga author is apologizing about talking about his own fucking manga because people might take it away that he's saying space is fake Ave Maria. Like, dog, that's ridiculous. And I, he shouldn't have to apologize. He shouldn't have apologized, period. There was nothing to apologize. You were talking about your own freaking story. Like, oh my God, I, I feel so bad for him. I feel genuinely so bad. But this is what the day and age we're in where people are on edge. I myself find myself sometimes like, damn, should I apologize? Like, maybe I shouldn't have, like, said that. Like, it, it really messes with you when you feel like, yo, at any given moment, they're gonna come for me. They're gonna destroy my career over an opinion, over just saying something that might not even be within the confines of what they're thinking of. Like, it's crazy. And then following that, he just started going on a rant at how his picture was blurry on Twitter all of a sudden. So that's it. It looks like the icon is fanning. What is the cause of this? I'm sick and angry. This face. You Photoshop. Do you understand what you are doing, you icon? It's an icon I took more than 10 years ago because it was around the time I started Twitter. The image quality is very bad. I wonder what to do because it's a good opportunity. I wonder if I should change it. It's that because it's a basic fluttering face. It may be better to have a character picture. Like, dog, he had a breakdown to the point where he felt like he should just take his picture off of Twitter and said it's blurry and so, like, dog, I ain't gonna lie. Like, really, people don't understand the, the effects of mental health with the social media stuff and i get it people say this is what you signed up for no find a contract where it says the author of villain saga signed that he couldn't feel you know like a nervous wreck because he said something about his own fucking manga and people might take it out of context that you ain't gonna find that okay like my hat's off to the man that he you know I i'm sure he went through it like to the point where he just started raging about it. like i ain't gonna lie <laughs> i never went through it that bad where I, I felt like oh shit i'm gonna get attacked and look at my fucking picture on twitter what the just shout outs to my guy and again Again, it's the unfortunate situation that we find ourselves in today in society that talking about your own manga makes you feel like, yo, I might have said something wrong about real life events or something. Oh my God, I didn't mean that on social media.
Crazy. Okay, people, next up, we got a slew of very, very hype announcements. I'm not going to lie. I'm talking about three big video game announcements based off of manga and manhua, but it's like the popular manhua. Don't worry. I'm not going to tell you like, yeah, I wish it's getting it. No, 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 no. Pretty much, we got three video game announcements. I believe two of them is mobile, if I'm not mistaken, and one of them is console. And I guess let's get started with the seven deadly sins because I found this post. Somebody said, phew, how hard it is to find it. The seven deadly sins or Origins is a game that appears as a sequel to Grand Cross. It will be open world. You can climb walls or dive to find treasure chests and water. It is programmed for PC, mobile, and consoles. Oh, shit. So this is going to be consoles as well and PC. And there's a trailer right here. And I'm not going to lie. Based off the trailer, this looks like it's going to be so much fun. I ain't going to lie. The other Seven Deadly Sins mobile game was actually pretty fun. Like, I didn't give it enough of a fair shake. That's why I always still say Bleach Brave Souls favorite mobile game of all time but like just looking at it the action Meliodas fighting and everything it looked like he was fighting one of the ten commandments the the weather changing and stuff like that this is going to be insane honestly i will probably play this for consoles whoa i just thought about it it's going to be on pc mobile and consoles normally isn't it just like pc and consoles or just mobile I mean, I guess there's, uh, I'm sure people are going to, no, Fnub, you don't know. I'm, I'm not that big into gaming like that, all right? But I, I'm into gaming like this. Like, right here, this is already, oh, my God. Like, that's one of the things that, like, if you go to the Naruto Storm games, my favorites, minus, like, because it got really good towards the end, like, Storm 4 and stuff like that, the graphics and everything, the gameplay and whatnot. But I really appreciated Storm 1, that it felt open world, even though you can only really run around in the confines of Konoha. But nevertheless, I love that aspect of it. And I'm looking at Meliodas right here. He's diving, swimming underwater. This is something I need in my life, and I'm definitely going to get this game. If it's free on mobile, I might cheap out, but if, if it's on consoles and it's not that expensive or whatnot, or if it's a free-to-play on consoles, which it probably will be now, I'm thinking of it. Like, if they're putting it on mobile and consoles, it'll probably be a free-to-play with, like, in-game purchases or whatnot. I'm here for it, baby. So we got a Seven Deadly Sins game incoming. It looks beautiful. It looks like it might be a really, really awesome freaking game. But then on top of that, there was two manhwa-inspired games coming coming out solo leveling solo leveling is getting a console game and this one is pretty significantly different even from that one and i want to say the seven deadly sins game is from net marble i'm not too sure about the solo leveling one but uh yeah based on what i've seen from the solo leveling game because there's a trailer with it too it kind of looks like devil may cry with like a really epic ost the gameplay and i'm like oh my god this one i need to now i'm not too familiar with solo leveling to be honest with you i know that it just recently ended there's murmurings about an anime coming through but yeah Solo leveling reminds me, and manhwa in general reminds me that I feel like because the generation before us, and I know I'm getting a little bit deep, but just bear with me. The generation before us weren't into cartoons, weren't into animated things. In fact, they were told by the media that cartoons is for children. They were indoctrinated with that mindset. So then when we got into cartoons, when we got into animation, and we kind of pumped it to where it's at right now, th there's a lot of this next generation that is also into animation. But I feel like this next gen, just like how it is with music, how it is with everything, with cinema and whatnot, they're going to go in their own direction. And while we love the Japanese comics, you know, we love manga, we love Japanese animation, anime, I think the next generation might pump and move forward in a different direction of still loving animation but i think i think korean manga and korean anime is going to be the next big thing with that generation it might not happen really soon but there's titles that are making waves like imagine solo leveling pops off boom people start buying the manga and they are in color so it's something else that the next generation can be like oh it's in color as well 
the Japanese ones are black and white. I'm going to go with the color. It's just how kids think. You know, they love colorful things. It's visually appealing to a child's eye. And I, I think that's one of the big things that's going to happen. Again, I thought initially, like, oh, maybe in my generation, you know, the manhwa and stuff like that is going to take over. It's not going to take over. It's going to make waves. And I think the next generation might push it to be what, like, Dragon Ball Z was for our generation. Naruto was. I think the solo leveling, the gods of high school, the Tower of God, those are going to be the next gen. And speaking of Tower of God, because like I said, it was a triple whammy. We got seven deadly sins with a net Marvel game. We got a console game for solo leveling. I'm not sure. Is it net Marvel? I, I don't think, but I'm not 100% sure. Which again, it looks like Devil May Cry. It looks freaking awesome. And then on top of that, Tower of God also got a game. And I want to say that is as well from net Marvel. And it looks freaking awesome as well. It's a new, I'm not too familiar with exactly like the details of it, but looking at the trailer, it looks fun as shit as well. And I'd imagine this one probably be mobile because I'm, I'm a big Tower of God fan but I, I just like the story and the characters and stuff like that so I don't know if this video game like it looks cool and just in general this is a great day right now for people that love anime inspired video games manhua inspired whatever it is this is freaking awesome I'm not too familiar with solo leveling I might get into the video game before I get into the series I don't know like I only read a, a couple of chapters of the first uh, volume which I got the first volume back there somewhere but yeah, um, then Tower of God. Wow, this is crazy. I'm looking at it right here. It looks pretty freaking awesome as well. And a triple whammy. Again, big video games coming. So yeah, people, a triple whammy of video games. And again, I think it's so awesome. It's a break away from we've been having these fighting game after fighting game and battle arena. Like, let's get something different. An open world Seven Deadly Sins game. A Devil May Cry style solo leveling game. I am all the way here for it. This is the change that we need. You see Bondi is making changes. We got a hide and seek Dragon Ball game coming out. Even if the game's from Bondi don't look the greatest or whatnot ultimately they look like they're gonna be fun and that's what video games for me personally has always been about fun okay people next up i wanted to cover this because i found it to be interesting a prominent voice actor in the anime industry just in general he's done a lot of really awesome and amazing things he played spike spiegel and cowboy bebop he played orochimaru and zabuza and naruto naruto shifuden he's tom from toonami and the list goes on and on with this man i'm talking about steve bloom uh recently over on facebook he made a post and he usually expresses his opinion on a lot of different things but i did find this one to be interesting because it was regarding voice actors poaching other voice actors jobs let's read he said hey vo folks just a gentle reminder if you see an audition for a role somebody is currently playing or has recently played don't automatically assume it's okay it often means the person who has played that role is in negotiations you don't want to get your big break by poaching ask questions if you know that person ask them first thank you hashtag integrity matters and somebody said which was kind of like counterintuitive to what what steve bloom was saying sounds like gatekeeping steve i get your point no one wants to see their friends or co-workers lose a job but you can't get mad at someone else taking less money so they have an opportunity to feed their family and get into their dream job not everyone can win the same race and steve replied you don't win by bringing down the bar ever if you believe that undercutting someone is the path to your dream job please choose another profession you won't last long in this one which i gotta agree like you're bringing down the whole industry by undercutting like, yo, oh, what? He wants $100 an hour or some shit. I'll do it for 50. I'll do it for 40. You're, you're really creating problems for the industry. So I definitely agree on that one. And then another person said, this feels like something really easy to say as one of the top talents in an industry that seems to just cycle through the top talents. And Steve replied, sure. It only took me 30 years and 100 hour weeks working three crappy day jobs to get here. But please tell me how easy I had it, which 
Steve Bloom been doing this a long time. He's a vet. I'm not gonna lie. I can understand maybe some people feeling a certain way in terms of like, yo, dog, come on, man. People want to get their break. But if your break is by breaking someone else's legs, you're going to break. Okay, you can't do that because I mean, for starters, just look at it from a social standpoint. A lot of voice actors, they're friends with one another. If they feel like, you know, Jenny got in by taking Greg's job, they're gonna look at Jenny like, oh, you know what I'm saying? We don't really want Jenny around here. Jenny just messed up Greg's life his livelihood he's had that job for like 20 years he was playing you know etc etc so they probably ain't gonna rock with jenny and probably aren't gonna want to have her a part of conventions and all that stuff so i don't know i feel like steve is right for the most part i can understand the other side of it but in general again you don't want to ruin somebody else's passion and job and in general what they got going on because you want an opportunity i i can understand maybe ignorance if like hey i just wanted to try and get a job voice acting i had no idea that x y and z was in negotiations or the original voice to begin with so yeah i can understand that but definitely what he said in there as well kind of applies to that ask questions so very interesting stuff uh let me know what you think on this one kind of curious to see you guys' perspective on what steve bloom had to say regarding um voice actors poaching other voice actors jobs next up people more bad news regarding the virus um hitting other voice actors in the industry which i'm not even gonna lie it is wild how it has been like the last couple of weeks we just keep hearing voice actor after voice actor after voice actor that got hit with it that has contracted it because now it says voice actor junichi suave diagnosed with covid talent agency haikyo announced on monday that voice actor junichi suave has been diagnosed with the new uh covid disease suave had previously come into possible contact with a person infected with covid and thus began to self-isolate he had an issue with his throat on saturday so he took a test which came back positive following advice from medical professionals Suave will focus on recuperating while the agency will identify individuals with whom Suave was in close contact with in the previous days. Suave has voiced such characters as uh, Victor Nikiforov of Yuri on Ice, Shota Aizawa from My Hero Academia, Archer and Fate Stay Night. Oh, so this guy is a little bit of a legend here. Um, Daeki Aomine from Kuroko No Basket. Akira Hayama from Food Wars, Shokugeki no Soma, Grim Jiao in Bleach, Keigo Atobe, the Prince of Tennis, and Leon, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Golden, Ave Maria, yo, this dude is a, he's an OG, yo, please get better, I really pray for him, um, you know, at the end of the day, some people obviously affects him in different ways, some people get really sick, I've said it multiple times, beginning of this year, I was deadly sick, I couldn't even, yo, I couldn't get out of bed, I was in bed for like two, three days straight with a migraine, thankfully I had backup videos, so you guys really didn't catch wind of it, but I was sick as a dog, so yeah, I, I, prayers and best wishes to him anybody he's been in contact with his family and all that jazz get better grim job we need you to come and kick some major ass in the upcoming bleach anime all right nah seriously just get better okay people and last story of the episode it was released which in case you don't know one of the biggest sellers or buyers or just in general industries of anime manga outside of japan is france France loves them some anime, love them some manga, especially their manga sales. It'd be astronomical. And here we have, I believe, the top 28 selling manga for France for 2021. And it is definitely interesting to note. And I believe these are volumes, so it's not just like full-on series. But at 28, Demon Slayer number 9, 27, One Piece number 4, 26, Demon Slayer number 8. A lot of Demon Slayer already. 25, Demon Slayer number 7. Then 24 and 23 is Spy X Family 2 and 3. 
uh, My Hero at 22 with My Hero number four. Wow. So a lot of newer fans getting into the series, obviously, if, you know, number four is doing 132,000. Uh, Demon Slayer number five at 21 with 133. One Piece number three. Wow. Yo, a lot of people must have just got into One Piece because volume three sold 137,000 in 2021. That means probably upward of a hundred thousand new one piece fans alone in france that's crazy start content creators one piece creators in particular go start catering to france they got a lot of one piece brand new fans they would love your content i'm sure uh then naruto number four god damn naruto Yo, 139,000. What happened? That's crazy. Uh, 18, Jujutsu Kaisen number 2. 17, My Hero Academia number 3. It looks like just a whole bunch of brand new manga fans in general. Jujutsu Kaisen number 0. 146,000 at 16. Assassination Classroom number 1. Yeah, it seems like just a strong wave of new anime or new manga fans. Spy X Family number 1. Demon Slayer number 4 at 13. Then uh, 12... Attack on Titan, number one. My Hero Academia, number two at 11. Top 10. One Piece, number two at 10. What the hell is going on? 171,000. Demon Slayer, number three, 184,000. Then number eight, Jujutsu Kaisen, number one, 191,000. Naruto, number three. What? Why is old Naruto and One Piece volume selling hundreds of thousands of copies? What? My Hero Academia, number one, 206,000. That's interesting. My Hero Academia, number one, sold more than like Naruto. Number one. Oh, no, never mind. Never mind. Uh, hold on. Demon Slayer number two, 207,000. And number five, One Piece number one at 200 with 223,000. Um, at number four, Naruto number two, 230,000. At number three, Demon Slayer number one, 254,000. At number two, and Naruto volume one with 274,000. At number one, the highest selling manga volume in France in 2021 was Naruto volume one. Yo, clap it up for the newbies. Clap it up for the new fans. We got to welcome them with open arms. We can't gatekeep into this fandom that we love of anime and manga. Welcome aboard if you're in France watching right now. Bonjour to the Faneva News, baby. Uh, That's really interesting, though, to see, like, 2020. It looks like once the pandemic hit in 2020, like, in the U.S., it was 2020. It was a, a, a rush. So many new anime and manga fans. And then 2021, it looks like it continued on in places like France where they just started getting all of the old stuff. That, that's really freaking awesome and it also shows that a lot of these series naruto one piece they stood the test of time long enough to be able to be in the ranks and outdoing newer series with new fans like instead of my hero or demon slayer you would think right it's 2021 at that particular point being number one it's naruto and one piece is in the mix as well like shout outs to that and just in general again really awesome stuff over there in france it seems like they they got some pretty awesome fans coming through and yeah people that's all the stories we have for today's episode curious what you guys think most important story favorite story stories that maybe you think i missed that i should include in the next episode obviously this one wraps up the week from monday through friday we'll be back on monday with the next episode of Forever news weekend of course we do anime videos manga videos all that jazz but yeah another successful week shout out to you guys for continuing to support love to see it that's all i have for this one though thanks for watching hope you enjoyed if you liked anything i had to say or enjoyed the video drop me a like i'd greatly appreciate it and if you want more from me make sure to subscribe follow me on twitter instagram and hit that bell to get all notifications and if you want to follow any of my other social media links are in the description below i'm from neverworld and as always people have an awesome day and remember the golden rule anime and manga for life boy. have an awesome day peace and you guys just watched another episode of for the rule. Have an awesome
awesome day, baby. Oh, I know you love what the Neville World had, dog. I, we, 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 we coming through, we coming through. Let's go. Oh. <laughs> 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 <